You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Football Friday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Tone. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. All my esteemed co-host, Cami at Cami and G, or follow the show Locked On Horns on Twitter. Locked on Longhorns on Instagram. Uh, just a reminder, this episode of the Locked on Longhorns podcast on a football Friday is brought to you by rockauto.com. For all your automotive needs, they're always consistent. Rockauto.com. Just type in your make and model. All the parts you need are right there. All right, Kimmy, so it is a football Friday. And yesterday's episode of the Locked on Longhorns podcast, we talked a little bit about the game. We gave our predictions, our uh, we gave our X factors in this game. Now today we're going to get a little more in detail. Uh, coming up, I got Stephen Simcox from ESPN 1600 in Central Texas. He's going to help preview the TCU game, and then a little bit later on, we're going to talk a little bit about the Big 12 games of interest and who do we think is the offensive, defensive MVPs through two weeks. But first, let's talk Texas. Let's talk TCU. Uh, where do you want to start? Offensive side of the ball. Of course. That's the fun part. Nobody likes to talk about defense. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess uh, offensive side for Texas right now is a bit more positive than the defensive side. So let's start with the good news. Well, yeah, and obviously it's we're talking Big 12, right? So what do we like to do in the Big 12? We like to score points. Right. And we do that on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, let's, let's kick this off here uh, first. Offensive side. Talk about some keys that are that are going to be on the offensive side of the ball, and I think it all starts with Sam Ellinger. I know Chip Brown had that report that Sam Ellinger was dealing with a with a contusion of his quad, and he's going to be good to go. But I think for Sam, he wants to come out and have a much better performance than he had than he had last year against the same football team. Yeah, and I, it's hard to. Because Ellinger actually is the one that kind of led that, obviously, a thriller comeback, 15-point comeback. And it's not necessarily that he played uh, bad against Texas Tech, but I do still think he feels like he has something to prove because Texas never should have been in that position to begin with. Um, they, they obviously had some issues um, throughout that game, but I wouldn't necessarily put those uh, directly on Sam. But um, it's still going to be a tough test. Like we mentioned, anything can happen in the Big 12, especially with TCU. Um, and us having some close and not so great games, and obviously Sam having one of the worst games we've probably ever seen in his collegiate career against TCU. So um, I'm hoping they come out uh, like they like they have something to prove. Uh, they're still going to have to put up a lot of points because I'm not uh, too trustworthy in this defense, especially with a, more of a dual threat quarterback like Dugan. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him spread the ball around like he's been doing, and hopefully they can actually solidify this run game a little more. Yeah, I think the uh... – the thing here with, with Sam and the offense is how do they do against pressure? Because as we saw that last game, three-man rushes were getting to the quarterback. Uh, so how, how are they going to look when they're facing pressure? That's that's the big thing. And so that's why I'm looking at Sam and how he's able to get that thing going in. And I think the run game, as you talked about, uh, yeah, think about this this TCU defense last week in, in the game against the Cyclones. They had gave up touchdown runs of 49 yards and 75 yards. Oof. Uh, so so this is a team that's not doing very well against the run. So I look at that and I'm like, okay, 
You know, Sam likes to run the ball. He's third on the team right now in rushing yards. He's only a yard behind Roshan. And, and then, obviously, Keontae Ingram is leading the charge right now. But uh, so, so I look at that run game and, and against this defense, I think they're going to be a key uh, in this. And, and obviously, Sam can win from both throwing and from running. Yeah, and uh, fortunately for Texas, it sounds like Bijan Robinson will be able to play. I know we all witnessed that scary landing when he was trying to hurdle the defender in the Texas Tech game. So I'm still shocked that he was able to walk off the field under his own power, but you know you had to be hurting after that. So it's a good sign that he practiced yesterday on Thursday, and um, hopefully uh, he'll be good to go because they definitely need the depth there and fresh legs coming in. Yeah, and, you know, you kind of circled this game because I thought maybe we might get to see the number one and number two running backs going against each other. And, and when I when I say number one or number two, I mean in the recruiting class, Bijan Robinson versus Zachary Evans. However, Evans didn't, didn't record a single stat in that game against Iowa State. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. kind of how, what, are, what are they doing at running back, who's going to play quarterback. So let's, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, defensively, I think it all starts with Joseph Asai. Right. I think I think that going against Austin Myers, who we talked about yesterday, uh, the fact that he gave up the most pressures of of any one of the offensive linemen in that game. I mean, I think that's that's one of the big things that they're going to have to uh, fix uh, if in this game because you can't have them. Dictating that, you know, you can't let Joseph Asai and some of these guys get in there, and and, and obviously that's going to hurt that TCU offensive front. But if TCU is allowing pressure, uh, it's going to be a long day for Max Dugan. Exactly, but and that's exactly what I was about to say. They have to bring pressure because um, I I have to be honest. I was expecting a little bit more from Asai. He hasn't really necessarily stood out, but at the same time, he led the team in tackles against UTEP, but. Um, he didn't really necessarily stand out too much to me against Texas Tech. I think they uh, I definitely have to put pressure on Dugan. You know how dangerous he is, especially with his speed. And he ran all over Texas last year. So uh, I know they remember that. And hopefully uh, the defensive side as a whole has some improvements this week. Yeah, in that game, uh, Austin Myers gave up three sacks in this game. Uh, he gave up two quarterback hits. He gave up another hurry. So that's out of six pressures. But here's the key, Cammy. Iowa State was winning without blitzing on all of the sacks that were created in this game, all six. They came when Iowa State would bring three and four-man fronts. They didn't bring extra guys, and they were getting to the quarterback. So that just Mm -hmm. shows you that Texas can still play that they want the way they want with three and four-man fronts and play coverage with the uh, the back seven, the back eight, uh, because they're showing that they can get the pressure with this offensive line. Yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about it all offseason that they have the talent up there. Um, at Texas Tech hopefully was just kind of like an anomaly game. Um, they obviously felt embarrassed on uh, and, and, and I think that's as a whole. I mean, every position group on the defensive side of the ball um, looked pretty, I don't know, embarrassing is the best word I can say. But uh, yeah, they need to come out um, with better tackling against TCU. They need to put pressure on Dugan. They can't let him take off on his feet. So uh, I don't necessarily know who I think um, would be the X factor on defense against TCU, but I'm sure we'll get into that shortly. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about our, our factors in the game yesterday, who really one key player. Uh, defensively, I think it, it's Joseph Asai. 
Uh, but coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit with Stephen Simcox about this TCU game and what to expect. But first, we'll tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Uh, as I said to start off the show, you got to go to rockauto.com for your automotive needs. They're reliable, they're affordable, and you don't have to go into town, go into O'Reilly's AutoZone. They got everything right there. You just type in your make, your model right there. Everything you need drops there. I needed an oil pump for my truck. Went to rockauto.com, plugged it in, and uh, now my truck is running again. Even when I needed taillights, headlights, that's where I go. I go to rockauto.com. They got the best prices, and it's really quick. I get my parts very soon after ordering. Get them plugged in, and I'm good to go. Just ask Ross Jackson. He had to get a new tailgate for his truck. You know, rockauto.com. Got to check them out. But in the drop-down box after you order, tell them Locked On Longhorn sent you. All right, welcome back inside the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am joined now by Stephen Simcox of 1600 ESPN Central Texas. Uh, producing the show with with Q from noon to three. Uh, appreciate you hopping on, and and I want to say congrats on eventually becoming the new locked on host for our new TCU show that's coming up. So fans uh, who are fans of TCU will get to hear that. So congrats on that, and thanks for hopping on today. Yeah, Patrick, appreciate you having me on, and uh, I'm excited to bring some more content to Locked On Family. So. Soon we'll have uh, some some TCU content and everybody's podcast feeds and and ready to get that going soon. Absolutely, man. So obviously there's a big game on Saturday we wanted to talk about, right? Uh, mm-hmm. TCU coming to Austin to play Texas, and I think a lot of people, especially Texas fans right now, they have questions as far as what TCU's doing. Uh, who right now? Do we know who the quarterback's going to be? Are they going to go with Matthew Downing again? Are they going with Duggan? Or, you know, is it going to be a combination of the two? Yeah, that's a great question. I think TCU fans are hoping for some clarity there as well. Uh, I would be pretty floored if Duggan doesn't make the start. The best explanation we got this week from Patterson was that he was cleared, but Max Duggan wasn't necessarily cleared to play an entire game. And if they had you know a perfect scenario last week he probably wouldn't have played at all but because Downing couldn't really get the offense going they made that move in the second half and when he got in the game Duggan that is you could just tell there was a major difference in the offense he was 16 to 19 had three touchdowns Uh, one of those TDs was at the very end of the game sort of in a, a garbage time situation but still the offense was just much more efficient they were able to move the ball through the air uh a lot better and I would be pretty shocked. He hasn't said anything officially, but if if Duggan doesn't start, then it's obviously still a, a health issue because as far as performance on the field goes, I, I don't see a way that, that Downing could could get more reps than Max on Saturday. Yeah, I went back, you know, I watched that game, and, you know, Duggan actually looked a lot better to me than he did the year prior. Uh, when you look at, you know, from a completion percentage, from, uh, you know, just being consistent. And, and so one of the things that I wanted to see, and maybe you can enlighten a little bit on this, is was it the fact that they were – he was that much better that day, or is Iowa State not good at all this year? Uh, obviously, they had the loss opening week against Louisiana Lafayette, 
and then they they uh, obviously they win the game against TCU, but I think a lot of that had to do with with TCU come having to play from behind for most of that game. Well, I, I think probably the biggest difference, and I'm sure Duggan has improved. Now it's kind of interesting because he had that heart condition in the off season, mm-hmm. so he missed some of fall camp, and obviously everybody missed you know spring practice and in the summer off season session. But they have made a change in, in the coaching staff. Doug Meacham is back, and he's the inside wide receivers coach, but he's calling the plays. Uh, so they've gotten away from, from Sonny Cumbie calling plays. And Meacham is a, a true air raid guy. He's a leech disciple. And I, I think you saw a lot of those air raid concepts on Saturday. They were throwing more to the middle of the field. They were mixing formations up. The, the offensive linemen had wider splits. And they're trying to get the ball out of his hands faster. So – um, last year, they were really conservative offensively. I mean, they ran the ball a ton. Obviously, Max is a true freshman. I think they were trying to protect him in a lot of situations, but they just did not take any sort of risk. They weren't really pushing the ball down the field. So you saw more of that in game one, and I expect more of that as the year goes on. And I think just a more diverse offense, um, an offense that's going to try to you know, put guys in space and allow them to make plays is going to uh, to help Duggan a lot. Because last season, it just it, a lot of those games, it felt like Patrick, they were essentially trying not to, to lose. I mean, they were basically trying to flip field position, score when they could, and allow their defense to, uh, to dominate the game. And they were able to stay in a ton of games, but they just couldn't close. Um, so I think the biggest difference is just who's on the headset and, and who was calling plays on Saturday for the Frogs. Yeah, and you know, you you bring up Meacham, and and obviously, uh, uh, like you said, a leech disciple. It, it's, it's interesting, obviously, because Sonny Cumbie comes from that lineage as well, playing mm-hmm. at Texas Tech. Uh, so you expect it to be, you know, fairly similar. And I think we have that kind of that same thing here uh, with Texas, um, with Mike Yursich, who spent time up in Oklahoma City or Oklahoma State, Stillwater. Uh, he likes to throw it around, and you, you mentioned throwing it over the middle, which you know Sam Ellinger has done quite a bit. Are y'all What's the concern level going up against Texas and a little different look on offense than maybe they're used to in the past? There's some concern there for sure. I mean, Yurchich had success against Gary Patterson uh, when he was at Oklahoma State. You know, they were able to – it seemed like last season they confused Ellinger a little bit. Uh, he threw some, some uncharacteristic picks. I don't know if that was just, you know, the coverage they were playing in the second half, but especially they're late. They were able to force him into some mistakes. Uh, I think the biggest concern level for TCU is they really weren't able to get any sort of pass rush last week against Iowa State. And and that Louisiana game, I mean, Brock Purdy was under duress a lot. So you felt like that was an area where they could uh, um, take advantage. But their defensive linemen uh, just weren't able to really get home. Um, O'Shawn Mathis is the only true kind of returning starter out of that group. Now, they do have a transfer in Marcel Brooks from LSU who kind of can play everywhere, but he has been used as an edge rusher before, and he didn't see much playing time on Saturday. So I'm curious to see if that changes uh, when they play Texas this week. But, yeah, I think the concern level is there. The, the pass rush and then also um, Iowa State was able to gash them in the running game, had you know 75-yard touchdown run, another touchdown run that was over 50 yards. Um, Terrell Cooper, one of the defensive tackles, was out. He's supposed to play this week. But obviously, even, even with Yurchich and, and kind of the different concepts he brings, Texas still has that ability, especially with Sam, to, 
kind of go to that downhill running game. Um, so if, if it's similar to last week, that would seem to be a way that they could uh, expose TCU on Saturday. And, you know, that's something that Mike, Mike Yersich and Tom Herman, they've talked at length about running the football. They want to have an, an identity there with running the football, but also being able to take advantage of some of those looks they might get off play action, RPOs, things of that nature, because, you know, the worry of Sam running the football, because obviously this is a guy who can, who can run uh, quite a bit. Uh, kind of want to, just before we get you, let you go, I wanted to get uh, one other question and then I, I want your prediction for Saturday, but Looking at this offensive line for, for TCU, Texas hasn't had the ability to get to the quarterback this year. They moved Joseph aside to more of a pass rush specialist role in the jack and expecting that. But looking at that offensive line, it really looked like they had a hard time protecting their quarterback on Saturday. Is that moving Austin Myers over to left tackle from right guard? Uh, and then is it a combination of things? Because it just seemed as a whole, the group couldn't really get anything going. Yeah, this might be the this might be the week for Texas as far as developing a pass rush. Um, you mentioned Austin Myers, and he did really struggle at that tackle spot. So I'll be curious to see if they make a move. They had a transfer, T.J. Storman, who came in from Colorado State, and and that's going to be one really interesting thing about this week too, Patrick. Is there were a lot of guys that at least going into the season you thought, okay, here's here's a here's a player you feel like is going to make a big impact, but just simply didn't play a lot of snaps against Iowa State, and I don't know if that was. You know, they did have a game postponed because of COVID um, against SMU, so I don't know if that was guys that didn't get a chance to practice a lot or if that's just uh, players that, frankly, got beat out for their position. But we'll see if they mix things up a little bit. But, yes, Austin Meyer struggled. And it was really interesting because, I mean, Iowa State, you know, they, they play that three-man front, and they were really able to get to the quarterback rushing three most of the game. So uh, just the simple math of that is, is really concerning when you're talking about five guys trying to block three. Now, Iowa State does have some good pass rushers, but they're going to have to shore up that offensive line. If Duggan plays the whole game, he does help that because he can move around in the pocket, but you don't. nobody wants their quarterback to get hit. And if he's under pressure, under duress, then I think Texas is going to have a lot of success on Saturday. All right, so let's hear it, Stephen. What's, what's your pick? Who, who's winning this football game on Saturday? So, Patrick, straight up, I think Texas wins. I do feel like it's a close game. Uh, I think TCU is able to hang around. For whatever reason, they've had a, a lot of success in this matchup, um, winning six of the last eight. I don't know if that's just matchup problems or uh, something that, that Gary's seen uh, on tape. But I think they keep it close. If you want a score prediction, I feel like Texas wins uh, 34-27. I think Ellinger and, and his experience um, and the way that he has that offense moving is just going to be too much in the end. Uh, but I, I think TC makes it a good game on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think the uh, last line I saw was 11 and a half, and I still think TCU is going to cover that, but I still have Texas winning. Uh, definitely appreciate you hopping on. Make sure you follow Steven at Simcox Steven. Is that right on Twitter? That's right. Yeah, that's, and that's the best place right now. We'll have some more news for you on the TCU front soon. But, sure, please follow me at Simcox Steven, and we'll update you as, as soon as we can when we get that show going. All right, man, I appreciate you hopping on, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. All right, lots of good information from Stephen Sincox. I mean, I think he feels a lot like us. 
Uh, he even alluded to it that he's picking Texas in this game, but he does think it's going to be a close game. Uh, but Cammy, before we we kind of talk about some of our impact players again, uh, I wanted to look around the Big Twelve. Is is there a game on Saturday that you got circled uh, in this on the, on the other four mm-hmm. games? I should say? Not necessarily. I'm uh, outside of Kansas. <laughs> I should say, I think the rest of the game should be pretty close. Um, and and I think even Texas and TCU can be included in that. So I don't think we're going to see any blowouts like we have in other weeks. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State, uh, you know, what's the quarterback situation there? Uh, is Spencer Sanders going to play? Are they going to go with the young guy? Um, obviously, they're, they haven't been the explosive offense through two games that we expected, uh, you know, scoring in the 20s. Uh, we, you know, when when you look at that offense, you expect thirties or forties. I think they're going to get healthy against Kansas, though. I mean, I think I think they kind of they help teams uh, who need to get healthy on offense because obviously you saw the game against Baylor. They put forty seven points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and special teams was involved in that too with kickoff returns, uh, punt returns for touchdowns, kickoff returns for touchdowns. So, you know, I think. Looking at that game, yes. You know, I, I'm not going to talk much about that game, obviously, because we both agree that's probably a blowout. Uh, interesting game for me. I'm interested to see the Texas Tech game versus Kansas State game. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a 2.30 kickoff. And the reason why I'm interested is I want to see, is Texas Tech offense as good against a Kansas State football team who held the Oklahoma Sooners to 35 points? Um, yeah, and then- that. That one's tricky to me. I just want to touch on that because I'm not sure if – because Tech can come out in (laughs) two different ways to me. Either they can be deflated from this Texas loss or they can come out uh, guns blazing, uh, literally, I guess. But um, they obviously – Bowman looks good. I mean, they have a a high-powered offense over there. They can put up a lot of points, obviously, within the Big 12 conference. So I think that game is going to be much closer than people give it credit for. I mean, right now, BetMGM has that game at a three-point spread – uh, but let's, I'm going to circle back. So we both agree and you have Oklahoma state covering against Kansas 22 and a half. Yes. Okay. Texas tech is a three point underdog on the road. You're going with Kansas to cover. I am. This one was a tough one for me, but, um, when it comes down to, it, I think Kansas state's going to get out of there at the win. I got Texas tech covering and winning outright. Uh, I just think, uh, you know, Kansas state was good last week, but Unlike Oklahoma, how they played down the stretch, uh, I don't see Texas Tech as an offense that's going to let up. Yeah. They're not going to take their foot off the gas. Mm -hmm. I I can see both sides of this game. That was a tough one. Uh, Obviously, we have – let's see, we talked talked about that game. There's obviously the Oklahoma-Iowa State game, which is the nightcap. Uh, where, where do you kind of, when you look at that game, what are you, what are you looking at? Yeah, I think Oklahoma is going to somewhat easily get out of there with the win. Just obviously we saw what happened to them last year after they lost to Kansas state. Um, I think they need to come out and, uh, win by a significant amount. So, um, I think, and I think you agree with this as well, that, uh, they obviously have the talent to do that. And, uh, with the struggles that Iowa state have been having, especially with Purdy, um, and his passing chart and how he looks. I just think Oklahoma is going to uh, easily get out of there with the win in this one. I'm interested to watch the Oklahoma offensive line against 
Jaquan Bailey, the defensive end from Iowa State. I want to see how is Spencer Rattler going to look this week against pressure. Obviously, he threw three picks a week ago against Kansas State. Uh, does he improve in this game? And obviously, on the Cyclone side of the ball, can Brock Purdy look better than he has the last two weeks? I don't know if you saw that interception for a touchdown against oh, TCU, gosh. but that was one of the ugliest. It was uh, awful. I, 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 I'm still trying to wrap my head around why why you would even throw that ball. Yeah, it, well, it, it looked like yeah, it looked like he was uh, trying to throw the ball away. But I mean, at that point, you just gotta eat the sack. That was that was a a bad decision making on his part. Or you know, try to put it in the stands. Um, exactly. Yeah. Know, that that one, I I, I think he tried to throw it away a little bit too late. But the, the here's the funny part about that is he threw it backwards. So um, had it landed, it would have been um, you know basically ruled a lateral so that he could have picked it up on a fumble and scored that way too. So it was just a bad play all the way around, but I want to see how does he look this week? Uh, obviously we saw last week, uh, Skylar Thompson for Kansas state set a career high, uh, in passing yards. And we saw what Kansas state was able to do, uh, in that game. Um, so you got Oklahoma big in this one coming out to make a statement to prove, Hey, we're, we're not dead. Like some, some have looked at them uh, after that loss. Yep, that's exactly what I think. And um, obviously they know it's a crucial game for them. Um, like I keep I keep referring back to last year because this is I feel like it's the exact same thing. They lost to Kansas State last year and then still squeaked in the college football playoffs. So um, they're, still, they're still a really well-coached team. They obviously have a lot of talent. Rattler's still going to be a Heisman contender. So um, it's definitely going to be a tough game for Texas, but Oklahoma has to get by Iowa State first. So um, they need a big rebound game. You're right. Well, here's the, here's the funny thing. Last year when Oklahoma hosted Iowa State in Norman, Iowa State lost by a point, 42 to 41 in that game. This time around, I got Oklahoma covering, uh, but not my much. I, th- I think it's like a 30 to 21 game. Uh, I, I don't expect a bunch of high scoring. I think Iowa State's pretty good on defense. Matt Campbell has really, he coaches that team well. So I look at that game and I'm like, eh, that's where I got him. Okay, um, so we, we've got our picture of the games. Let's talk real quick. Offensive MVP through two weeks and defensive MVP. Like who who stood out on either side of the ball for you? Well, I think um, I I'm going to go outside of Sam Ellinger because I think that's the easy choice on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. I think he's kind of always going to be that team MVP type of role. But I'm going to pick Joshua Moore here. He's obviously had two monster games. Uh, led the team. In, or I guess is leading the team in touchdown receptions. Seems like Sam looks for him and tries uh, tries to find him when uh, the stakes are highest. So that's probably my offensive pick. Um, what about you on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, I don't think you can go any other way but Joshua Moore. Uh, you talk right. about, I mean, right off the bat, we saw that connection. Obviously, they have a rapport. Uh, Joshua Moore, you know, he even though he didn't play last year, still practiced with the team and, and all that. So I think there's still that rapport. Uh, but he's been their best receiver. You talked about it, four touchdowns in two games, three touchdowns against Texas Tech. No bigger play than the touchdown that helped tie the game before Brennan Eagles caught the two-point conversion. And then, obviously, you talk about the the winning touchdown uh, in overtime. So, yeah, I, I definitely look at, the, at Joshua Moore as the offensive MVP because, like you said, I kind of feel like saying Sam Ellinger is a cop-out. I mean, we, right, know he's yeah. the best, we know he's the best player on the team. 
but as far as my offensive MVP, I would say Joshua Moore. My team MVP, obviously, I'm going to say Sam Ellinger uh, for those 11 total touchdowns in just two games. Uh, defensive side of the ball, that one's tough for me, I think. But I think if I was going to pick somebody, I'm going to go with Josh Thompson. Uh, okay. I think they needed a guy on the outside. Obviously, he had a pick in the first game, and you know he did really well. I think he struggled a little bit against Texas Tech because of the size of their wide receivers. All you know, the the two big ones are six three or or taller. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick someone in secondary too, but mine's um, maybe not in a likely pick. So I'm gonna go Chris Adamora here for now because in both contests he's he was second on the team in total tackles. So I think he had. Um, I know he had six tackles against UTEP and I think um, four tackles. Yeah. I was second on the team against Texas tech. So um, I think he's kind of flying under the radar a little bit in terms of this uh, Texas defense right now. Um, But like I mentioned, more of an obvious pick if he gets going is probably going to be Osai. Um, I think Caden Stearns can jump into that conversation. So uh, there's several deserving and Jamison, you can't forget Deshaun Jamison because he's all over the field um, and obviously is critical in their return game. So um, there's several different people I could pick there, but I think right now I would give the edge to Adamora. And don't forget big CB, Chris Brown. Yeah, you can't forget about Chris Brown and and kind of moving to that starting role. Uh, but, yeah, but we're all excited. I mean, it's 11 a.m. kickoff tomorrow morning. That's going to be an early one. Uh, TCU coming to town. Sam Ellinger looking to rebound from his terrible game last year in this series. We'll see if Texas – can win two out of three from this team over the last three years. That's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in Monday as we try to wrap this game up and get you ready for uh, – I think there's a big game next Saturday. I think it's Texas OU weekend. Um, you know, it's going to be a monster week. It's going to be a monster week. Uh, but for Cammy, I'm Patrick, and as always, keep it locked on. Welcome.